weird because I feel obligated to say that in like the same cadence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds do the so intro weird. as well. The same. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Middle of the Row, the podcast. Um, as you can guess, we are done, down as Zach today. Unfortunately, he had a uh, prior obligation, but. On today's podcast, we are reviewing Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. This was a Netflix musical comedy film directed by David Dobkin and written by Andrew Steele and Will Ferrell, who also co-stars in it, along with Rachel McAdams. It is sort of a satirical take on the Eurovision Song Contest industry or franchise, what have you. And it was originally actually supposed to coincide, the release of it was supposed to coincide with the actual 2020 season of Eurovision, but then when that was canceled, Netflix just decided to push it back uh, one month. Mm. So prior to watching this film, I'm curious as to whether any of you guys like had any interactions or engagements with Eurovision as a cultural phenomenon or franchise. I mean, I'd never heard of it before. Like, I'm used to, the yeah. only things I feel like I've ever heard of internationally are, like, the American idols of different countries, things like that. I, I'm surprised I haven't heard of this, because it seems like a pretty popular thing. I thought it was totally made yeah. up. <laughs> uh, when I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, so this is, like, some weird European, oh, it's a real, okay, <laughs> cool. This sounds, this sounds awesome. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, I guess supposedly it's been held since 1956. I, I haven't really heard of it until like the 2010s, though. Mm-hmm. I think maybe 2015 was maybe the first time I heard about it. 50 countries are eligible to compete. This is straight from the Wikipedia page because <laughs> I don't know a lot either. <laughs> since 2015, Australia has been allowed. I was curious as to why. I'm not sure if it was a real illusion in the movie, but Israel, for whatever reason, is allowed to perform. You mean like non-European countries? <laughs> Some notable winners, ABBA, hmm. which makes it even more kind of, or adds a lot more to it, to the fact that, well, that's why they were watching them yeah. on TV. They weren't just random ABBA fans. Um, And Celine Dion. Oh, nice. Ooh, so Canada's allowed crazy. in? But or, it says she, she won for country. Switzerland. Maybe she has like dual citizenship. Yeah, or something. I don't know where she was born. Like, she very well could, where her parents are from. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if countries like back people like who are really talented. Like, yo, I know you're not from here, but we're gonna make you a citizen. Well, so I mean, we can enter you. It's anywhere. kind of like the Olympics. I know some people will compete for other countries that they have like family from because like they they'll. I mean, if you're from, I know there are people from America who would compete for other countries because like if they tried for America, they probably wouldn't have made the team just because. We have so many people in certain sports. So I, I wish I could yeah. remember an example, but I remember that happens from time to time where they'll be competing for random other countries. But that really explains why the title of this wasn't just Eurovision. They went for a longer thing because I was just like, damn, that is a mouthful of a title. <laughs> yeah. and But I also, I think, I appreciate kind of the ridiculousness of it and mm-hmm. the... Comp- the complexity behind it or like the faux complexity like for the longest time i i didn't know if i didn't know if it was the story of fire saga mm-hmm. like a saga about the story of fire 
Um, so, and which I imagine was was planned. I mean, as honestly, well. I, don't know. I thought we were going to get more allusions to Game of Thrones in this, just because that's the song, or it's the Song of Ice and Fire, or whatever is the series called. And I was kind of disappointed we didn't get a dragon in this. <laughs> Would have been awesome on stage. We almost got a volcano. Man. This is true. That was that was about it. So it's interesting because apparently Will Ferrell has been interested in doing this movie for a while because his wife is Swedish um, and he was introduced to it in 1999 and I guess Sweden happened to win that year. Um, and he, he did a lot of preparation for this, inclu- in, including going to a bunch of Eurovision contests with Rachel McAdams and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a satirical take on the franchise and maybe a satirical take or just kind of poking fun at maybe the stereotypes we have about Icelandic people, which this is like, what, the second Icelandic thing that we've had <laughs> in maybe three or four the weeks? Past, yeah. Was it, wait, uh, Troll Hunter, was yeah. Trollhunter Iceland or Greenland? Uh, shit. It's Norway. This is this is bad. (laughs) Zach is falling apart already. I don't think it was either of those. Norwegian. It was Norwegian, right? Am I right? Okay, yeah. Right. I just yes. That that was another question I had. Was just sort of how is it that like I guess I guess it has to do with the Vikings maybe back in the day, but just like how how is so such similar cultures thousands of miles away from each other, Um, but. Anyways, yeah, um, one of the, one of the things that I think is interesting is that this film, for me, had a lot more heart inherent in it than some of Will Ferrell's previous work. It felt more genuine. It felt more heartwarming. It felt easier to root for, easier to root for the protagonist and sympathize with them, even at the times when they were being jerks or uh, not the best of people. And so yeah, overall, I thought it was great. I thought it's. I think you definitely should go see it. Go see it. Yeah. Definitely watch it on Netflix. I think it is kind of long at times, and there was, there was a moment when I didn't feel this way, and I thought that it was actually going. It was just an okay film, just another typical Will Ferrell film. And I would say that it actually ramps up and gets a lot better to, in the final act of the film. But I'm curious as to what you guys thought. Uh- I'd agree with most of that. I do think it has like a more sincere and kind kind of jovial like spirit to it where it's not as not as cynical or mean. Like a lot of Will Ferrell's movies, they're not like cruel, but they're definitely like they'll joke at other people's expenses occasionally, other people's expense. But this one did not do that. I mean, but you love Waterboy um, so much. Yeah, uh, and it's funny you mention that, because uh, when I was watching this movie, I noticed how Will Ferrell's still kind of doing the exact same character he's been doing forever, <laughs> and I, I'm i like, oh man, is he going to be the next Adam Sandler who, like, eventually I see his name in a movie and I just cringe? I don't want him to be, because I still love a lot of his stuff, and he's not terrible, he's just, eh. He's just not very good. And I think it, it hurts the movie because that's one half of that dynamic duo. And you got Rachel McAdams, who is amazing. And I think this movie does have a lot going for it. A lot of its jokes do land really well. The music is great. 
like I was I was listening to Lion of Love earlier today. I still <laughs> fucking love that song. Well, no, I think my favorite was Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> Yaya Ding Dong. <laughs> Just right in line with Wait. everyone else. <laughs> Wait. It's like if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's even better. <laughs> Oh, I was. That's like the first time I'm like, is this like a traditional? Oh, yeah. No, I was is, like, is this okay. like a well-known sure song not- here? <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it still could be. You never know. And Dan Stevens, like, we just don't deserve him <laughs> as a whole. Like, he is so, like, I've never seen him in a movie where I'm like, you know what? He wasn't amazing. I'm trying to think of how he was in Beauty and the Beast. Like, can you really tell or judge his performance in that one? I don't know. Wait, was he was he the Beast in yeah. Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. yeah. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and I feel bad that Zach's not with us because Zach, Zach and I have both kind of been touting him as like this underappreciated like gem. Like we've both been like, oh, yeah, he he's should great. play the next Bond. Have you watched um, Legion? I've only seen the first season, but he's really good in that. I couldn't get, I finished the first season, it just wasn't mm-hmm. my cup of tea, but he is definitely incredible Yeah, in that it. and the guest. Uh-huh. The, yeah, the guest is the one Zach was just like, Ben, go watch this, and I did. And like, oh, yeah, shit, I really like that amazing. one. I also, I need to, I need to see Downton Abbey. I started the series a little while back, and then I never. Oh, seen Downton Abbey? Yeah, I think that was the thing he, <laughs> yeah, that was the thing he first got attention for, I guess. Yeah, that's on my list, but it's not at the top or anywhere near it. <laughs> But what, what I love about him in this movie is, like, I love these actors that can do these, like, super cool, suave characters, <laughs> and they can also do just these really hysterical, just silly, over-the-top characters, and he does the, he does it so well. Like, every scene he's in in this movie is amazing. <laughs> I just wish we had more of him. And he did seem like kind of the lame, typical villain. Like, I thought he was just going to try to break up. Yeah. But he has more going to him than that, which I think is great, which I guess maybe we should hold off on that till we get into spoilers, right? Because yeah. it's a new... And I appreciate... I What I what I thought was really cool, uh, probably the best scene in the movie is the, the, the sing-along, I guess is what you'd call mm-hmm. it. Like when everyone's... The music like video sequence. portion of the film. <laughs> well, it's like... I think they called it a song-along. Like, Oh yeah, song along. <laughs> and these these actors look like they didn't look like actors I'd seen anything, and I was just like, I wonder, oh no, they're not actors. The way it's framing them, yeah, it's like they're all like former contestants and winners of Eurovision. I'm like that's so yeah, cool. that's how I learned today that this thing actually existed because it was like I looked up Easter eggs because <laughs> or I looked up cameos because earlier John was like, ah, oh, this is such a great cameo that I'm so upset I had ruined for me, and I didn't recognize anyone in this movie that would be a cameo, and so then I looked up cameos and it's like all these Eurovision. People, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there are there are a lot of cameos in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I shouldn't have said cameo before. It was it was more a supporting just role. supporting actors and actresses who were mm-hmm. cast in this. I did love they brought in one of my favorite. I've been watching uh, Into the Shadows from FX. I need to watch that. And and the one of the vampires shows up. She's like the stunt coordinator who's kind of a dick at first. And it's like, she's got the same accent too. And I'm just like, this is, oh my God, I need more of this immediately. She's only in like two scenes and it makes me so sad, but she was so good in it. I'm glad she's getting more to do. But overall, like I, there's like half an hour of this movie that could be cut. Like, and it wouldn't affect, like it would affect the, the finished product. I think it would be better. I think this movie is way too long, but like you said, John, it really ramps up in that final act, and I, I found myself like, I, you know, 
it's definitely worth watching. If you're looking, if you're interested in checking it out, check it out. Yeah. Um, real quick before Lauren, we get to you, Andrew Steele, just because I'm now catching up to my preparedness level. Andrew <laughs> Steele has been a writer or was a writer on Saturday Night Live for, for 20 years, from 1995 to 2015. So he's probably actually a huge collaborator with uh, uh, Will Ferrell. Yeah, I'll say overall, I've I've said it before, but like I'm not the biggest fan of Will Ferrell movies because I find most of the time the characters in them annoy me more than I find humorous, basically. So it's not the easiest to get into the movies. I think the only one really of his that I like is the first Anchorman, and the rest are kind of like, I don't have to ever see them again, basically. Um, but so I think in that regard, I enjoyed this movie more than maybe a lot of other people will just because it was a calmer film of his. It's like somewhere in between the high <laughs> comedy and like, like my favorite Will Ferrell movie, I think is Stranger Than Fiction. And it is nothing like the rest of his movies. So see, I've never seen it's good. Um, oh, Ben, you would love Stranger <laughs> Than Fiction, I think. Adding it to the watch list. Yeah, do it. But I think... Uh, so this was a very stereotypical or like you could definitely see everything that was going to happen. It doesn't surprise. Well, I shouldn't say it doesn't surprise you. Overall, the plot doesn't surprise you. But there are definitely some beats in here where I was just shocked by something that happened because it was so unexpected and amazing. So there's definitely I definitely say watch it. And I think the thing that kept me or not kept me entertained, but the thing that made me appreciate this movie so much and why I was so invested was just I was so excited to see Rachel McAdams in something again, because yeah. there's like a span of period, like a span of time where she's definitely put stuff out. I just haven't seen it yet. So this was the first thing to come back to me. And like, I don't even know how long but I was just I need to go back and watch all her other stuff. Yeah, I think it was like I saw her in game night. See, I haven't seen that one yet. I, and I need to. Her. I saw her in True Detective season two, and I think the last thing since then was one of the Sherlock movies. That's yeah, probably like, for me the second Sherlock. I should... Yeah, I guess. Wow. So no, Doctor Strange. She was in that game. Night? Yeah, she was in Doctor Strange. That's have right. You, have you guys seen Spotlight? I mean, barely. No, you know oh, me. Yeah, I don't watch those Spotlight. movies. Yes. <laughs> it, Spotlight, Spotlight was. Spotlight. Spotlight's great. Yeah, man. Spotlight. I was surprised at how much I would like it, and I was also surprised at how much they balanced. A bunch of like there are a bunch of actors in there that have connected plot lines but still like similarly distinct plot lines and i yeah. think i was surprised by the cohesiveness of it mm-hmm. and yeah she i mean she does amazing in that yeah i also thought she was great in true detective i guess 2015 which season people, was she as i haven't shit. seen any of it season two Hmm. people shit on season two it's like it wasn't as good as one it's like yeah okay (laughs) one was lightning in a bottle they weren't going to catch that twice sorry well and i also think people said season two was needlessly confusing which which like i remember i think every week after watching the episode going on avclub.com and reading the breakdown <laughs> because it was like you had to. And I don't remember a show since then that has been so convoluted that you like need a companion to follow what's going on. <laughs> but I mean, that's worth watching, not just because of her, but also Vince Vaughn. Yeah. That's like my favorite performance of his that I've seen. So that means, I guess we've got some, not hugely enthusiastic, but some very solids. Definitely check it out. I'd give it a three out of five. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think it was landing somewhere in like the three three point five range before the latter half, 
And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, when Sigurus kicked in at the end, I was like, <laughs> oh no. Um, so yeah, I'm like very, 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 very close to bordering on a 4 out of 5 on this movie, which might be scandalous, but that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's one of it's one of those movies where it's like I didn't absolutely love everything in it, but I can see why somebody would be like, "Oh, it's great." Yeah, you know, like it has a lot of great qualities well, too. I think Lauren, you mentioned it earlier. Some of the gags or some of the humor, or I would say a majority of the humor, is less about these over the top gags or maybe gratuitous raunchiness that might be associated with like some of the previous films, and it's more of just about. Like, the silliness of Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams playing these characters Mm -hmm. and just them leaning into stereotypes about Icelandic people, which may or may not be problematic. I don't know. We we can talk (laughs) about that later. But it's just, it seems like it's coming from a a place of actually, like, genuine appreciation and genuine just uh, still support. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't feel malicious in any way whatsoever. And it just feels lighthearted and fun and good natured so and not to say there aren't raunchy bits there are there are definitely some raunchy aspects of it but uh i don't know i feel like the closest we got to raunchy was when rachel mcadams was just like or she's like what did she say something like i could do a camel that was my favorite line in the movie i think it's like yeah do a classic camel Uh, my my favorite i'll get into later but it's uh also like one of the most surprising aspects of the film for me at least at least the way it plays out Oh, we should probably mention Zach. Oh, yeah. What, what are Zach's thoughts? Rachel McAdams and Dan Stevens are great, and Will Ferrell might have never been more unfunny. <laughs> oh. That's it. That's the critique. I didn't think Will Ferrell was unfunny in any way. I enjoyed him. And I liked Pierce Brosnan in, then, or Brosnan in this. He had some nice, like, rugged Joel Miller just look going for him that I was appreciating. <laughs> I'm still fully into the whole Last of Us just living in me right now, though I saw him, I was like, yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, like, it was on Wikipedia, he was, like, listed third in the cast, and like, how? <laughs> like, that's not fair to, to, like, half the people in this movie. Yeah, I think, um, man, it's just crazy how, like, all of the Bonds, like, don't stop looking attractive even when they're older <laughs> and more rugged. Like, it's it's ridiculous how attractive... Like, his his beard and facial hair were, like, perfectly coiffed. And, like, his mustache mm-hmm. was, like, distinct. So you could see, like, the outline of it. But it still blended into the beard really well. I don't know. Were you having it's beard that in kind me? Of, yeah. It's that- I mean, I'm not sure if you, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure you guys have noticed. I've been, like, on the pod, I've been, like, shaping my mustache more and more <laughs> lately. Um... <laughs> I have beard oil, but I don't have mustache wax. I should probably get some mustache wax. <laughs> He's got that kind of facial hair where you're like, I could, I could pull that off, maybe. <laughs> and then you try it. I don't think like, I nope. could, but maybe you nope. guys can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, the ones on the pod here like it, and Zach can go. I think he gave it two and a half on Letterboxd. Oh, he gave it a two yeah. and a half. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he said, like, there's some fun quote, like, his litter box review, like, not an exact quote, but it was some like, there's fun in it, like, it's yeah. harmless. Mm-hmm. So, uh, guess we should go into spoilers. 
with that, we're going to get into spoilers. So spoilers? Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, so... Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. I think... Ben, you were talking about it. I think one of the things I also really like about this film is that uh, Dan Stevens plays a quote-unquote villain that's not really a villain. And if anything, just sort of gets at the, the best qualities of Rachel McAdams' character who, and like wants her to see that and bring that out. And really the film is about Will Ferrell's character recognizing that, not taking it for granted, and seeing that she should probably be the one to... She's the one who's made him good his entire life, and he's she's the one who's actually mm-hmm. dragged him along or pulled him up, and so she should be the one who gets uh, the recognition. Yeah, maybe she's allowed a little more creative input than he's been giving yeah. her. And what's so cool about Dan Stevens' like role in that too is like once he sees that oh, yeah, he does care about her that way, and it's like okay, you know what, I'm happy for him, mm-hmm. whatever. Like so, he, it's a genuine, not like oh, I just want to steal her to have her. It's like he genuinely does care about this person mm-hmm. and just her happiness, and he honestly thought he could do better, and now he knows he can't. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's done so well. And speaking of Rachel McAdams' character, uh, I loved her interaction with the elves yes. <laughs> and how that all led to my favorite line in the movie, which was uh, it was probably I'm mine as well. Here. My second favorite: the elves went too far. <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh, good. <laughs> When the boat just blows up with... Oh my uh, god, when that happened, I was fully invested in this movie. I was like, oh my god. (laughs) Because usually when it comes to these movies, they always have the same beats where it's like something at some point, something happens where they make it in because another team gets disqualified and they just blew up the entire boat of people. I was like, oh my god. (laughs) And I I knew as soon as Will Ferrell was like, no, elves aren't real. I knew they were going to show up. I figured they were going to be like, you know, they'd wink and nod mm-hmm. at him and you'd be like, oh my God, they're real. But he'd be the only one to <laughs> see him. I did not someone. expect them to murder a guy, which is much better. Yeah, that was, like, that was the, the line I thought knife. you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, yeah, he's like, just, I'll just leave this knife here in case you have other murders to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think the lack, the lack of their presence did so much more than any like elf on screen could do. Yeah. Just the little door shutting is amazing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was such a great moment. <laughs> what do we think about that humor? Cause it's, it's a, it's a beat that's playing off kind of the exoticness or the lack of presence or the lack of awareness that we have about Icelandic culture or Norwegian culture and just the stereotypes. <laughs> I don't we think have anyone has that. ever, I don't think anyone has ever called Iceland exotic before. <laughs> Which is exoticness in the sense that we don't know a lot about it, yeah. right? And so, do like with the a lot of the humor in this, even just sort of sometimes the way they were saying sentences and the grammar, like he would say the same thing twice in a sentence and like say we have to got to have to like he would say the same <laughs> verb twice in a sentence or something like that. And just the way he was phrasing it sounded like he was kind of making fun of English pronunciation by those people. Did we did we feel that the humor ever bordered on the problematic or bordered on the offensive or do we think it was pretty 
pretty fair game and I pretty mean, just like a lighthearted commentary about it. I can't like as someone who isn't from Iceland, I can't really comment on if it's offensive or not. Like the only time I ever found a joke kind of off-putting was when Rachel McAdams was talking to Dan Stevens and she asked if he was gay and he said no and then she yeah. said what did she, she said something like um oh my god, what is the word yeah, I'm looking seen, for? Like I'm seeing all the stuff here or something like that that's like yeah. Oh, she then asked, are you non-binary or something like that? I was like, those are not the same things. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little weird there. But other yeah. than that, I don't, I mean, the Icelandic stuff didn't really feel Although I did appreciate his, his knowledge of like, no, I have, I have he, him pronouns. Like, yeah. <laughs> his rebuttal to that. But that, that was also a weird part because it, we definitely had the sense that maybe perhaps some of Alexander Lemtoff, I guess was his name or whatever. Dan Stevens' character. Some of his ambitions or motivations was because he was attracted to her. And it kind of... And he, he fought against that. And then at the very end, he just kind of like came out... And what was the line? He was like, Mother Russia like doesn't agree or Mother Russia won't like accept me or something mm-hmm. like that. And I, I thought it was an interesting beat, but it also felt... I mean, as soon as I saw his performance on stage with all the guys sexually dancing around, I was like, that's probably where this story is going. <laughs> what I loved, I loved him like chatting with the other, the other singer at the tail end where she's just super supportive. It's like, let's just go to Greece. Let's hang yeah. out. And then she's still giving him shit. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you with the real tan. Yeah. It's like, oh, I believe sassy. Okay, that actress right. <laughs> was uh, Mahout. Mahut. I don't know how you pronounce it. I'm sorry. But she's actually from Greece, I <laughs> she think. She was right? great too. I think yeah. so. I don't buy <gasps> she her. She did she voiced thing. Cassandra in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's awesome. Oh shit. Well that's cool. They actually got a Greek person to portray like a Greek character in mm-hmm. Wow. Alright, good for Good for Ubisoft. <laughs> good All for right. Ubisoft. That's awesome. <laughs> Striking about the iron. No, because no, okay. it's like good like... for you, but good for Ubisoft. <laughs> that's why I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my so some of my favorite parts were kind of that subtle here humor that mostly came across in the back and forth between Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell. Um mm-hmm. but I think <laughs> I think some of my other favorite parts were I think I think about three that I genuinely laughed in. Um and one of them was the car scene with the Americans. I think it was yeah. great just, just because <laughs> he was like, come on, Jeff. Like, I don't know, just him. The idea of him, like... There there are no speed limits here. <laughs> you can go as fast as you want. Cool. Him just antagonizing this, like, this random, like, college bro named Jeff from Arizona in the middle of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> just that entire situation just made me feel hilarious. And, like, yeah. once I was like... I, I could have used even more of them. Because, like, the one, when he first meets them, and he's like, there's a Starbucks over there or something. And th- yeah. when they're walking away, he's like, was he trying to be helpful? <laughs> Follow your nose for the pumpkin spice scent or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of them. Uh, and then, oh, uh, the Swedish rapper, Johnny John John. I forget what... <laughs> forget what the song it was like chilling with the bros or something yeah something like that chilling with my homies i think it was chilling with the homies that's the entire premise of the song i was like this is so stupid it is amazing Um, so that was that was one and then finally i know we said it 
I we talked about it previously, but the guy at the end screaming and demanding for Yaya Ding Dong. Yaya Ding Dong. Like aggressively. <laughs> I just like everyone else was like, yeah, yeah, play it. And he was like, play it. <laughs> yeah. Yelling. It was a catchy tune. Yeah, that guy had the that guy had like the perfect like gruff voice for that line specifically. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other bit I appreciated because I didn't expect it because I totally forgot about it was Demi Lovato's <laughs> ghost showing up. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like that already happened. He's dead. <laughs> this is a use a useless ghost. <laughs> yeah, I assumed that was the cameo you were mentioning at first. But then she kept coming back. I was like, okay, it doesn't actually count as a cameo anymore. So maybe no, it's something so I else. Had, I think I had Pierce Brosnan spoiled for me. And then mm-hmm. I, I think I was going through Twitter and I saw something that Netflix tweeted. I mean, he's on the image on Netflix, I think, when you look at the movie or on like the main section. Is so it's he? not really oh, a spoiler. Man. Well, I guess it's also the first scene. Like he's probably the biggest yeah. The biggest actor. But then the Demi Lovato one I didn't know, and when I saw her, I was just like, oh my gosh, mm. amazing. And I think also Yeah. I think she's uh she's gone through a lot and she's like had one of those Yeah, like, she has again like tumultuous careers, probably due to her early stardom as a child. But man alive. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. It might actually be Selena Gomez, but I think she might also be bipolar. Oh. It, I don't I think it took a little while for that to be diagnosed. I think so. I think because I think That's rough. I remember she's had like um some And she, she has, has like addiction issues. issues and problems and stuff like that. But man alive and I think also maybe there was a long time when I think she was also struggling maybe, or there was this like public perception about like body issues or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like body dysmorphia or body imagery, that kind of thing. But man alive, the girl has pipes. Like to go from, what was it? Camp Rock with the Jonas yeah. Brothers to like how she can sing <laughs> now. Like it just blows my mind. Like not gonna lie, because I have no credibility to ruin in the first place, but I've legitimately gone to one of her camp concerts because she can sing. Yeah, <laughs> like she's amazing. Oh, she's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting because I don't know about any other like artist in her in her camp and what, what I mean in terms of like age and style and that kind of thing. Like I'm thinking about like mm-hmm. Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez and that kind of thing, who has such. like fluctuations and variability and flexibility with their voice that like it Mm -hmm. it has like christina aguilera vibes where she has this like jazzier side or more soulful side kind of kind of aspect with it Mm -hmm. um i don't know yeah yeah i was excited to see her just because she could sing so well i was like oh that will bring some nice musical numbers into this and then she blows up (laughs) okay so maybe not and then she just comes back as a yeah. ghost for like, <laughs> it's like two that was more so scenes. Because like, she's just like half oh on my fire. God. It's like when when it, when someone can like she's not making fun of herself in that role, but when when it, when someone can just come in and be so silly, mm-hmm. like I I love that. Yeah, because I that's something I never expected Demi Lovato yeah. to do is just be so out there and so <laughs> wonky as to be like a ghost carrying her own. Arm. I mean, she was. I can't remember what her show on Disney was called. Something like Sunny with a Chance, maybe. Yeah, it's like she is a she's a good comedic actress. I saw a couple episodes of that show. I remember enjoying it. It was a little. I think it was a little young for me though. 
Like, I wasn't necessarily the target demo for that one, I don't think. Like, I think my biggest complaint with this movie was probably just, I wish we had had a little more variation with the music numbers. Because, um, like, it, or Dan Stevens only sang the one song, and it wasn't even him singing. I for, uh, The person who sang for him was like, I'm not going to pronounce this right at all, but it was like, um, Eric Mahones. <laughs> it has one of those umlauts. I don't know how you pronounce umlauts. <laughs> and Rachel McAdams only sang, like, one or two No, she didn't sing her too. songs at all. Um, oh, it was wow. Molly okay. Sandin who sang. She is Icelandic, I believe. So that's how she was able to hit the Spjord. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I looked that up. That's not a real thing. And that bums me out. See, I didn't I even like, know what they were saying. So I assumed it was fake. The, the Spjord note? Is that what you guys are saying? Yeah. 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 It's not a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's so bummed. Like, I Googled it and it's like the first Reddit thing I find. It's like, outside of this movie, it means nothing. Yeah. Uh, at first, like, when you said Spjord note, I thought you said Bjork note. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, no. Which I will say, <laughs> the cameo that I was most upset that, with that never happened was my background right here. Kristen Wiig plays Bjork on SNL and she sings the song about like the Icelandic economy and stuff. And it's one of my favorite things of all time about the or about SNL. <laughs> So I was kind of upset that she didn't show up as Bjork in this movie. <laughs> or Bjork could have shown up in general. Yeah, I'm su- I'm actually quite surprised that Bjork wasn't in this movie, being one of the most mm-hmm. prominent Icelandic singers. I was She might have turned it down That's if they fair. asked. <laughs> um I really could have also gotten some um of Monsters and Men. They would have been great in the beginning. Oh, that's true. I forgot they were from Iceland. I really liked, um, I, or actually, I loved that Sigur Ross was fe- like featured at the end because that that song, I, which might be one of their most popular songs, is just crazy. And my, yeah. that's where if you guys ever look it up, there's a live performance that they do, like outdoors in some place in Iceland of that song of that song mm-hmm. and the song that follows it up on their album. That's just it's gorgeous and it's beautiful and it's just I don't know, <laughs> and it. It, I don't know, yeah, I guess now that you think about it, like, Iceland, Iceland has some musical chops, so it's great to, I guess, see them represented in, like, a more mainstream mm-hmm. arena. Yeah, even if it would apparently, like, crush them financially. <laughs> yes. That's another, like, great joke arc. Yeah, that plus just, I was like... just, that's actually some topical commentary, because I know that often comes up with the Olympics. And how, like, hosting it is not always, like, a benefit to the city. You know, we're currently, like, when do the Olympics usually happen? They were supposed to be this summer, but I don't remember what month they usually happen. But I was like, man, I miss the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to have those for a while. What were were some of your guys' favorite performances or songs in it? I mean, I really liked their last song. It's great. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Demi Lovato's mirror thing (laughs) was great. Line of Love, obviously. Oh my god, no, the hamster top, wheel. Top tier for me. <laughs> the hamster wheel was the best. Oh, the- <laughs> Apparently, I didn't watch the video, but I think BuzzFeed wrote an article about all the um, Eurovision con- or contestants who were in this movie, and someone did have a hamster wheel in one of their performances from like six years ago or something, I think. But That's like awesome. the, with the boat exploding in the beginning, honestly, when Rachel McAdams got like sucked into the um, by her scarf, I legitimately would not have been surprised if she'd been decapitated in that moment. <laughs> and like that would have been another big thing to happen. It's like, oh my god! I was I was worried it was gonna be like, oh no, the dress is gonna come off. This yeah. is it's like, oh no, this is actually really funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then like uh, Pierce Brosnan drops his best line in the movie. It's like, no. You you know you fell off in that stupid <laughs> hamster wheel, but then you got back yeah. up and you kept going. I was just like this fucking movie. I can't I can't handle this. Oh my God. I love so much that he and 
And Will Ferrell's character did not know that they like moved on to the next phase of the competition. <laughs> it's like we gotta head back. No, we can't waste a day of fishing. Yeah. So he has to just <laughs> what the jump fuck? in the water and swim. Oh man, mm-hmm. that was also awesome. Before so before good. you finish up with performances, that was also one of my favorite running gags. In that his name was last name was Eric Song. Like Eric's son, and her last name was Eric's daughter. And they kept saying, Oh my god, I didn't know that. And, and they're like, Are oh, you guys brother and sister? And she was like, No. And he's like, Yeah, probably not. See, did they say their last names in the movie? Because I missed it if they did, but I did love that running gag. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But like, Eric's daughter is spelled like a different way. So it's like, Yeah, yeah I don't know what it's even supposed to mean. It's E R I C K S D O T T I R. And and then the bit where it's like their parents are getting married. Yeah, it's gross. And I was like, oh, this is this is awkward. I don't want to see this. And then they point out, it's like, yep, never going to not be weird. All right. Okay. Okay, cool. At least they're acknowledging how weird this is. One of the things that I think also elevates this film to the, uh, to the level of kind of heartwarmingness and like feel-goodingness that... Uh, that musicals tend to have is the music incorporation. So just ending, mm-hmm. like you have the various different songs splurged throughout, and then you have the song along in between that Ben was talking about. Um, but then ending on that high note of that song that a hometown or Husavik or whatever that Rachel McAdams ends on, and it's a sh- yeah, it's it's a shame that she obviously wasn't the voice. Um, I think in my hearts mm-hmm. of hearts, I was kind of hoping that. She secretly had some singing. No, shops. I definitely looked that up right away. Um, <laughs> but like, I will say one of the nice or one of the good things. There's this little um, the Molly Sandin. She put something on Instagram today. It was like a little featurette of that making of that little song or that song and everything. And she seemed like genuinely like just ecstatic that she got to play this part and making this movie. So it was cool to see that she wasn't like upset about not actually being in the movie or something. Yeah. It's like it's a big I'm deal to sing all to those songs. That. Although, like, I, I am, I was bummed that it wasn't Mick Adams singing. The only thing I was more bummed that it wasn't Dan Stevens singing. Cause I'm yeah. Like, I bet he could do something close to that. Well, I mean, maybe. he sang in Beauty and the Beast, didn't he? I'm pretty sure they used his voice Shit, for that. I hope that was him. I should probably, I is, is the is the live action one worth watching? Um, I like it more than the I original. I do not like it more than the original. <laughs> I was about to say. There's a subplot they add that doesn't need to be there, okay. but it's fine. I, uh... I only recently remembered that I've seen the original. I didn't see the original until I was like a teen, but I don't really remember mm-hmm. a lot of it. And so it doesn't, a lot of those older Disney films, like I either have never seen or don't remember. So like Beauty and the Beast, yeah. uh, well, Snow White's was like the first one, Cinderella, Little Mermaid, like all of those, like I've either not seen or just don't remember. Mm-hmm. So it was all like the next generation, like Aladdin and, uh, Shoot, what I was just thinking, Lion The King. Lion King, yeah, and like Mulan and Lion, Hunchback yeah. and Notre Dame and stuff like that. I mean, I will say hopefully Mulan changes this, but Beauty and the Beast, the live action one, is probably my favorite of the live actions. Now, that's not exactly saying anything great about its quality so much as this, the rest <laughs> of them have quality I don't appreciate. Fair enough. But, um, so it's, I think, about, I mean, I might about, have given, uh, it, given it like a B minus B when I wrote it up for the website whenever I did. So it's not bad. Yeah, I guess, yeah what because I heard the Jungle Book was actually a great one. I guess it's... See, I didn't like it. I got bored. <laughs> That's my particular favorite of the ones I've seen. I think the only live action one 
Yeah. That I haven't seen. I mean, the animated Beauty and the Cinderella. Beast. Yeah, the animated Beauty and the Beast is probably one of my favorite Disney movies besides The Lion King. So I have it like very high, highly held in my mind. So. And for for me, it's like a lot of the older animated Disney movies. I don't know; they just don't hold up to yeah. me. Like Lion King, Aladdin, those definitely do. Mm-hmm. But then the ones I really remember fondly, and I go back to, are the ones that like weren't super popular. Like yeah. Lilo and Stitch or Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> Emperor's like New the, Groove. Or Hercules. So good. Then Hercules. Mm-hmm. Hercules is probably... That might be the most underrated Disney movie. I'm like, surprised ever. that one like, hasn't gotten... So like, I mean, it's gotten live action, quote unquote live action, just as Hercules films in general. But like, it hasn't had a Disney one. You'd think <laughs> they would do it by now. I mean, it's probably well, in the I works. Think it's it's the, probably in the works. It's the... Yeah, it's the two, um, I'm dropping their names, the brothers who did the Avengers. Oh, the Russo's 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 Russo's? oh that's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're, produ- they're producing oh, okay. it, so they've been, they're working, like, they said it's not going to be as musical, though, and I'm like, no. But it has some like, of the best songs. Yeah, I would say, what is it? It's, what's the song? Uh, I Won't Say is probably the best romance song in any Disney movie. How Bar-da. dare you? Um, can you feel the it, love it tonight? Is. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that one's great. It is. But I love I love Meg no, yeah, in those great. movies. In that movie. She's such a great like anti-heroine mm-hmm. of not in like the evil sense, but in like the she's so not what all the other Disney, you know, princesses yeah. were. And I will say, I think I remember this was several years ago. I remember going back and watching Hercules just because I wanted to see if that moment at the spoilers for Hercules, if you haven't seen it, because um, <laughs> I I think I remember I wanted to see if that part at the end when he like is just swimming through like the river sticks to try to grab her soul again mm-hmm. and then gets it and like steps out of the water. I wanted to remember if that was as or I wanted to see if that was as epic as I remembered, and it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think mm-hmm. all this to say I got the. F- the fates can't like cut that string. It's just like, <laughs> and, then he, and he's glowing so and yeah. Um, all this to say, uh, the music. Yeah, Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, just the music is like that was another thing that we'll probably talk about next week too. Um, but music has a way of like sort of when it's incorporated properly into a film to really make it take on an inspirational quality and whatnot, what have you, mm-hmm. and. It in in this film it does that a hundred percent and is really injected in a good way for it. So yeah, I'll probably have to I'll probably have to go back and add some of the songs to various playlists of mine on Spotify. Yeah, the songs from this. <laughs> Line to love. I wonder if it's already on Spotify actually now. It is. It is. That's how I've been listening to it. <laughs> Over and over. Um, well, then, this is definitely going to get some play for me this week. Um, <laughs> oh, it's I think Yaya Ding Dong. Yaya Ding Dong. Might be on there, Well, I mean, too. The, I'm pretty the movie sure has a soundtrack out there on iTunes, so it's probably all on Spotify. It's it's not going to be worth it if it doesn't have the guy Yaya. <laughs> play oh, Yaya Ding Dong. Yaya Ding Dong. Oh, they don't have... They have all these other songs from the other... Coolin' with the Homies, that's what it's called. Coolin' <laughs> with the Homies. <laughs> Wait, Coolin' yeah, and not Chillin'? I, I was like, what does this <laughs> even mean? 
<laughs> How did I not notice him singing that? <laughs> I think my brain just turned Yeah, chilling, I think mine did too. so much better. <laughs> oh my gosh. So good. This is like this is like the best like comedy musical style mm-hmm. thing since I've since probably Popstar. I still need like, to watch that. And that yeah. was done so well. Like if you like the songs in this, you will like yeah. Popstar. Like it Popstar has Island, more right? of them. Yeah. Lonely Island knows what they're doing. <laughs> They've got it they, and even like they they have like deleted songs that are like up on YouTube mm-hmm. because they have the whole music videos and they are fucking nice. great. Yeah, the the equal rights one will probably be the epitome <laughs> of satire. Like I don't know, um, it's so good. <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask before we probably this episode has gone on far longer. It went yeah much longer than um, I expected. What, <laughs> we had we had several I tangents. We done about like twenty Where minutes. Do we think this ranks in terms of Will Ferrell movies. <laughs> well, you know how I feel about them, so you guys can answer this one. Like I'm also recognizing that there are a lot of Will Ferrell movies that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Out of the ones I've seen, I mean, I feel like it ranks near the bottom, but it's because there aren't very many werewolf, Will Ferrell movies that I don't I like. I thought you said werewolf Ferrell movies at first. It's like, I haven't <laughs> seen any of these. Where can I find them? Oh, and a bit of, oh, before I forget, a bit of trivia about Will Ferrell, actually. Because people, like, they were asking what's, like, his most quoted line that he's heard, like, said to him in public. Mm-hmm. And it's, I was thinking it's got to be, like, you know, good night, Sandy. You know I don't or, speak Spanish. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but it's uh, the meatloaf from the meatloaf, (laughs) which is from uh, Wedding Crashers. And he's barely in that movie. He's in it for like five minutes. And his mom, he just yells at his mom (laughs) to make meatloaf. And that's like, Rachel McAdams was in that one, she? Yeah, she was. Yes, she was. That's that's a weird film for Rachel McAdams because she doesn't do anything specifically like humorous. Like, for all intents and purposes... Um, like, she's a great actress, but that movie highly underutilizes her. Like, she's supposed to be yeah. completely straight-laced. Yeah. And... It's, uh, who is it? Jenna, Jenna Fisher is the the mm-hmm. one, the other one. No, she's no, Jenna Fisher. Isla Fisher. Isla. 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 Yeah. Isla. She's, okay. she's played up, she's played up for laughs big time, yeah. but. Yeah, because she'd be crazy. But, and, but now you look back on, like, because, well, again, like, Rich, or. Lauren, you really do need to see Game Night I because know, it I is do. like it's, at the top. it's it's one of those movies where it's like that could have been in Wedding Crashers and it would yeah. have made it even better, you know. Okay, I will watch after this. I will watch Game Night and Popstar. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think just thinking about her performance again, it's not something she says, but it's said to her character. <laughs> I think one of my other favorite lines was, "Do you have a sickness in your legs? Are your feet very sad?" Because <laughs> she doesn't want to dance or whatever. <laughs> It's like this hit home for me. I feel or, this way. He's going around to uh, he's going around to see who like who will sleep with him, and he goes to he's like Nina. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a part similar to that where he's just like, let's just go sex nuts. <laughs> She's the uh, Nina. That's the the uh, the actress from uh, it, uh, what we do. Oh, right. the, awesome. oh yeah. Yeah, so she's awesome. Well, I love it's like like the last guy he points is like Gary. He's just like, yeah, yeah, you, you and me. He's just like, just doesn't know how to respond. Wasn't even saying like he couldn't get Gary. It's like, <laughs> like who's like, he kidding? It's like you're gonna melt. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I get, like Ben. I'm surprised you're saying this is in the 
bottom for you because I'm looking at like some Will Ferrell movies and I'm just like some of these I would never see and I have no intention of seeing but of the ones I've seen this is easier like still towards the top just like I'm thinking well I mean like Talladega Nights Anchorman Blades of Glory yeah like like all like all of those are like four stars or above like okay stop the presses um he is a producer on Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters 2 so that is still happening yes still happening Thank you, Will Ferrell. Thank you for this. Wait, who was in the first one? He knows one? what the Jeremy people Renner want. And, and um, oh, Gemma right, Arterton. Yeah. That movie is so ridiculous, but I love it anyway. They, they need to team up with Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. I will give anything <laughs> to make that happen. Tell me what I need to do. Them, and then, uh, well, they can't do it without Heath Ledger, but they gotta do, like, Matt Damon and someone else from the Brothers Grimm, and just oh, get, yeah. like, get, like, the the B movie ish dark universe Avengers or some shit. Well, Farrell like. is like a producer on a lot of stuff I wouldn't expect. Like, there's this um freeform show called um Motherland Fort Salem about like witches and stuff. And it's like that is I never would have expected him to be attached to that, but that's pretty cool. I guess he likes witches if he's doing that and Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> I think that's gonna do it for. Uh, Eurovision Song Cat. Yes. Uh, hold on. Eurovision Song Cat Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Um, yeah, I think we're all still pretty high on it, and in fact, maybe a little bit higher. So definitely watch it on Netflix. Next week, we will be doing another new new wish release. I don't know how to qualify this, but we will be reviewing Hamilton, which will be released on Disney Plus. On July 4th. A digital premiere. <laughs> digital premiere. That's a great way to put it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, fitting with our musical theme that we started that we started today. So, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, come back next week or whatever to see if we convince Ben to be a part of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was so funny because Ben was mentioning off the pod how he doesn't like, like a lot of musicals. And then he listed like three... And, like, one of them was La La Land. And I'm like, how do you not like musicals then? Like, like those, those are the exceptions. Uh, and it's like the musicals, that, like, the, the big musicals that I like are South Park, <laughs> Book of Mormon, and Team America. So it's like Trey Parker and Matt Stone musicals, which are... Let's face it, they're they're comedy musicals. They're not like pure yeah. dramatic musicals. They are. Man, you're missing out on some good stuff. Yeah, I'm ex- like I'm wicked. sure I am. Like it's just, just these I've... big releases that everyone should see at some point. Well, I did. I did see a coworker. He did uh, uh, Christmas in Oz, so I did go yeah. to that, which was which was pretty nice. You should go if you ever do get a chance, because I know you said you love the disney musicals if you can see lion king on stage you should go see it i did i was too young and i complained the entire oh, time no. i love the puppetry of it yeah. it's amazing and like how they do the wildebeest stampede is so cool i was like seven or eight and i was just being a punk yeah but i would yeah it'll be interesting like... to see what happens when uh live theater comes back i've i i feel like i've wasted my live theater experiences in the past because I've only, of both of them, which were very spread out, and one was at the Fox and one was at the Muni, which, Ben, the Fox is, like, the main, like, live theater in St. Louis, and then the Muni is our outdoor amphitheater. 
And so both of those I saw Matilda, and it's like I mean Matilda's a great <laughs> Matilda's a great musical. Um, I think I no, but I just love how you've seen you haven't seen two different ones. I was expecting <laughs> no, two they different both shows, were Matilda. the same show twice. And if any, like, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I just I probably should up that. Yeah, I need to go to more theater stuff because I feel like such a fake theater girl because. My major that I graduated from KU with was uh, theater design. So, but like, surprisingly, I've not seen as much theater as I should. But in all fairness, I took it because I wanted to do TV sets, and that definitely didn't happen, but whatever. I think one thing that's interesting is with this Hamilton release, like, it's going to be, it's going to be them on stage performing it, like mm-hmm. a filmed version of that, as opposed to, say, like, a Les Miserables, where it's, Mm-hmm. It's very much constructed like a movie and just it's a musical in movie sets mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So that'll be interesting. Les Miserables, I think, was the last one that I tried to see. I think I got halfway through and then I was like, this movie is still going on? Like, how long is it? <laughs> see, I enjoyed it, I think, more than the average person did. But Oh, it's, yeah. it's my friend Dan's, I haven't gone like, back to it. Favorite movie, apparently, of all time. And, like, Dan is a buddy I knew in college because we both listened to, like, christian hardcore and screamo and so i was like i was intrigued that this was one of his favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. so i should probably finish it <laughs> but yeah like you were mentioning wicked too wicked is on there as well i don't know either way stay tuned for hamilton i have seen i have seen two different productions of dracula so that, that doesn't I include the watch, puppet um... one at the end of sarah marshall then <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes well no so that was no but that was the thing i saw like it was that weekend when the the following Wednesday we were recording that episode, <laughs> so I watched that movie like the night before I went to Dracula. I'm like, this is a weird feeling, man. There are not nearly enough puppets in this play. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not Zach Oldenburg, but you can follow him online wherever you find Zach Oldenburg Twitter. Letterbox. I was like, what's that one film social media thing we use? (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you use it a lot. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You can also check out our. You come in spurts. On our website at Uh, I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterbox at Grigsby. And you can find all of us on Facebook at Letterbox. I'm Jonathan Rommel. You can follow me on Twitter at and I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofvote.tumblr.com. I already forgot to say, be sure to rate and review the podcast. It does something apparently, and helps it get to more people, which is what we want. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to check in next week when we talk about Hamilton. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah.